All right, so that lasts about a minute and a half. How well do you guys do when it comes to silence? Um, does it bother you? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Like you need to fill it? Or does silence relax you? Do you crave it? Is it a relief? How long do you last in silence? Ten minutes? Five minutes? One minute? Thirty seconds? <clears throat> five seconds? I mean, how long do you last before your thoughts take over and your mind starts to wander till you can't take it anymore so you have to turn on music or text a friend or get on social media or talk to your parents? Silence is the complete absence of sound. And I think we all know how we deal with silence, but how do we handle it when God is silent? Or better yet, what do we do when God's silent? Let's pray. Uh, God, you know how we deal with silence. <clears throat> you know our hearts better than we could ever know. But God, what we don't get is why you're silent sometimes. We talk about this two-way relationship, God, of walking and talking with you. But sometimes, God, it feels like we're the only ones that are doing the talking. And God, I don't know what's going on in the kids' lives right now. I don't know what their struggles are, what they're asking you. I don't know what area of their life they're begging you to not be silent anymore. But God, I do know that you're silent for a reason. And God, I do know that you do love us and that you're never going to leave us. So God, in the next few moments, may we just be still. Be silent so that maybe, God, tonight you will speak to us and we will be quiet enough to hear you. God, open up our hearts. Um, a lot of times we like to put up barriers because we don't want to hear what you have to say or we'd rather hear what our friend next to us has to say or we'd rather be on the phone than listen to what you have to say. So, God, for the next few moments, may we take a chance on you. And maybe put all distractions aside and open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear what you have to say tonight, God. Because I believe when you do speak, God, powerful things happen. So God, speak tonight. Speak through me. Let the words that come out of my mouth be not me, but you. Because when that happens, God, lives will be changed. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do tonight. You're amazing. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, has that ever happened to you? Like you're talking to God and you're praying. Maybe you have a specific question in mind. Or maybe you have a prayer request. Or maybe you've asked about something specific happened in your life. And you just want to sign that God exists. And so you get in your prayer mode and you're talking to God and then you're silent. And then nothing happens. God is silent. I mean, you aren't alone. Uh, raise your hand if this has ever happened to you. Like you've talked to God and you wanted an answer about something specific. Or you wanted him to show you a sign that you exist. Okay, look around. Who's, who's that happened to? Look how many hands are raised. You are not alone. In fact, this happens all over the Bible. There's this book called Psalms. 
okay, which is just a bunch of uh, song lyrics or poetry. And they talk about this all the time. They cry out to God to not be silent. So David, as people coming after him, and he writes in Psalm 35, verse 22, he says this, Oh, Lord, have you not seen this? Do not be silent. Do not be far from me, O Lord. Asaph writes in Psalm 28, or 83, excuse me, Oh, God, do not be silent. Do not be quiet. Oh, God, be not still. David writes again in Psalm 28, To you I call, O Lord, my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear on me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who have gone down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help. And we see when we read this thing called the Bible, how long people have to wait until God actually speaks into their life. Do you know that Noah was 500 years old before God spoke into his life? Abraham was 75. Moses was 80. The Israelites didn't hear a word from God for 400 years in their slavery. Year after year, Hannah cries out to God. And year after year, God does not speak. In fact, God... Last spoken word in the Old Testament is through the prophet Malachi. And he says this. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of the children to their father. Or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. That is God's last spoken word in the Old Testament. And then he is silent for 400 years. God being silent is not a new thing. And we all react differently to God's silence, don't we? Some of you, when you want God to speak and he doesn't, you get angry. You get mad at God for not showing up and not answering your prayers, at least not the way you wanted him to. And some of you, you let that anger turn to bitterness. And then you let that bitterness turn into a hard heart. And you start to believe that God doesn't hear you. And God doesn't care. And maybe that God doesn't even exist. Some of you get disappointed. So you just stop talking to God. What's the point? Some of you get confused or discouraged or jealous. Because others seem to hear God and you don't. And you wonder to yourself, why not me? Some of you worry that God's not answering you because you've done something wrong. And you think God is holding that against you. My reactions when God doesn't talk to me go from like angerness to bitterness to disappointment and then like everything together. And that kind of just leads me to stop talking to God and stop hanging out with God. There are many reasons why I think God is silent. And we're going to go over some of them. But hear me now. These are not the only reasons why God is silent. And I'm not going to pretend to know why God is silent in your life right now. Or why he's not giving you an answer about something specific you're asking him about. Or why he's not answering that prayer request. But here are some reasons. One, sometimes God is silent because we don't let him speak. How many of you uh, either stop talking long enough or sit long enough for God to actually answer you? How many of you guys pray like the people in this skit and you never actually give God an opportunity to respond? You either stop the communication, you get distracted, or you give God the shortest window possible to respond. We do the opposite of what it says to in James. In James chapter 1, verse 19, it says this. My dear brothers, take note, okay? Take note of this. 
Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Instead, we are so quick to speak and so slow to listen that we never actually do. Or we never sit quietly enough because sometimes we're just too scared what God might actually say to us. Two, sometimes God is silent because we already know the answer. We just don't want to hear it or we just don't want to do it. God has spoken a lot. And he actually was smart enough to have people write it down. It's called the Bible. And if you read it, anytime you want to, it has a lot of answers to a lot of questions. But how many of you would rather God just spoon feed you the answer than actually spend time looking it up? Or maybe we've looked it up. Or maybe we're just smart enough to know what God wants us to do. But it doesn't match up with what we want to do. So we just avoid doing it until God actually does us specifically what to do. A good rule to live by when you're facing decisions is loving God. It's like whatever your choice is, is it loving toward God and is it loving toward others? Figure that out and then do it. Because we find out in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Number three. Sometimes God is silent to build trust and a better relationship with him. How many of you guys go to God and you ask for something, but you never actually go to God to actually talk and have a relationship with him? Honestly, think about this. How many of you would stay friends with somebody who only wanted what you could give them and never actually wanted to hang out with you? God wants a walking, talking relationship with you. Not just come to me whenever you want something and expect me just to give it to you. See, God has promised blessings and they will come. But one of the best blessings we will ever get from God is a relationship with him. Many of us are prone to worry. We worry about everything and anything. What's coming next, what that person's going to say, how I'm going to look, how my future is going to be, what am I going to do, what is he going to say. And we go on and on and on. We want to be in control. We want to know everything, especially about our future. But here's the thing. God is not controlled by time. Okay? God exists outside of it. For example, take this pen. Let's say this is your life. Okay? This is when you're born. This is where you live. And this is where you die. We as humans can only go forward. We can't jump to our past. And we can't jump into our future. All we can do is go forward down the line of our life. But God is not contained by time. So if this is your life, he could do this. And he could do this. You see, what we have to realize is that God sees our beginning, our middle, and our end all at the same time. He knows what you're going to say, when you're going to say it, when you're going to do it, for your entire future mapped out. He knows what you're going to do. And he's already putting things in place in your life that you can't see that are going to be out for your good for those of you who loved him, been called according to his purpose. That's what Romans 8 says. So we can trust that God can see our entire life. Then he's already got it figured out. Maybe that's what God is trying to show you. 
Maybe he's silent, so you have to trust that he has it all taken care of and that he is in control. Maybe God is silent so he can show you that he can be trusted. In Matthew 7, Jesus says that our God, our Father, he's a good dad. And he gives good gifts to his children. But when and how he gives you those gifts is completely up to God. God may be silent so that we can trust him that his timing is perfect. And there's a reason why God did not speak to those people in the Bible until a certain time. We have to trust that he is silent for a reason. And that when he does choose to speak, it's going to be the right time. And number four, I think sometimes God is silent because he wants to grow our character. Jesus speaks about a parable about a persistent widow who comes back and back and back and back to a judge because she wants justice. And she does not quit asking for it until she gets it. Then we find out in Matthew 15, this girl comes up, a woman, a Canaanite woman, comes up to Jesus. And he's, she's like, Jesus, please heal my daughter. She is demon possessed. And Jesus doesn't say a word to her. So she cries out and she cries out and she cries out until Jesus talks to her and heals her daughter. Maybe our character needs to be built in the area of perseverance and persistence. Because many of us are Christians until it costs us something. And maybe that cost for us could be time and waiting on God. Maybe we need patience. When love is described in 1 Corinthians 13, the first thing it says is love is patient. Maybe God is teaching us to wait and that we need to wait well. Because just because God isn't speaking doesn't mean we stop following or obeying God. And again, I'm not sure why God is silent in your life. I'm not sure why he's not answering a certain prayer. And I'm definitely not going to stand up here and tell you that waiting on God or that God being silent is easy. Or that it's not frustrating. I've been there and I still am in so many areas of my life. But hear this now. Please set yourself up for success when it comes to being a Christian. Faith in God is not based on how we feel. Our feelings are going to change from moment to moment and day to day. Faith is a choice. In Hebrews 11, it says that faith is being sure of what we hope for, hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is a choice. And so is going to be trusting God when you can't feel him. Because those feelings aren't guaranteed. But God being with you is. So how do we respond to God being silent? Number one, we can actually listen. Psalm 46.10 says, be still. I know that's going to be really hard for some of you. Me too. A.K.A. stop moving. Stop talking. And maybe, I know this is going to be stretching it, <clears throat> do it more than once. Maybe for more than a minute. I don't know, three, five, ten. Just sit and listen. Because when God speaks, it's up to him. But hey, at least we can give him a chance. Number two, we can trust God. We can trust that God's promises, that nothing can separate us from his love. In Romans 8, it's true. We can trust that he will never leave us, as he says in Deuteronomy 31. We can trust that he is working when we can't see him. We can remember that in Psalm 46.10, that the word still in Hebrew means rapa. And another word to say it is let it go. Be still and let it go. 
And then it continues. It says, be still and know that I am God. And I would input, be still and know who is not God. You are not God. God is infinite and all-powerful and all-knowing. And you are not. Trust in the one who made you. Trust in the one who died for you. Trust in the power that raised Christ from the dead. Trust that God's timing is better than ours. Um, I had a moment. I was a sophomore or junior in college, I don't really know which one it was, and I'm in my bunk bed in the dorm rooms by myself, and I am freaking out on God. Like, no, like, I am yelling, I am angry, I am frustrated, because I was like, God, I need to pick a major, and I don't know which one to pick. But here's the thing, I want to do whatever you want me to do, so if you could just tell me, that would be great, and then I would major in it, and my life would be perfect. And I am yelling at God. And I tell him how I feel and how I'm frustrated and how this doesn't make any sense. Like I'm willing to do whatever you want, God. And then I stop freaking out. And God, in a very soft yet stern voice, goes, are you done? Do you feel better? All right, let's move on. And here's what I think is so funny. Is that God, we want God to have all the patience in the world when it comes to us sinners who screw it up all the time and are still in the process of becoming like him. Yet, if we don't hear from God in a moment or a week or a month or in a year, we want to give up on him. Thankfully, God never gives up on us. You see, what God knew in that moment that I didn't wasn't that he didn't have a plan for me. He did. But what I majored in had nothing to do with it. I could major in whatever I wanted, and God was still going to call me into youth ministry. And he did, four months and a week before I graduated from college. And the reason why God waited so long is that he was calling me to start a youth group, and he wanted to wait so long that there was no way that I could ever start a youth group in that short amount of time without God stepping in. And God was going to tell me, Kelly, it's my plan, it's my youth group, I'm going to show you what I can do. And he did. His timing was perfect. Number three, we can read the Bible. Lots of answers in there. You don't understand it, come talk to me. Don't understand it, go talk to your small group leaders. Still don't get it? I'm sure your parents want to help you out. A brother, sister, grandparents, we can hook you up. And number four, we can wait well. I have a little motto uh, when, I, when I hear from God and he's silent. <clears throat> um, it's this. I'm going to stop. My first thing. I'm going to stop. Physically, stop. And then I'm going to pray. And I'm going to honestly tell God what I'm worried about, what I'm feeling, what I want him to do, and why I'm frustrated with his unanswered prayers. And then I'm going to wait. And then I'm going to trust. And when God speaks, I'm going to obey. So we're going to stop, pray, wait, trust, and obey. But here's the catch. With the wait part, there's not an expiration date. But how I wait for God to speak speaks volumes to other people about where I put my trust and where I put my hope. I may never be a bigger light than when I'm waiting on God. And here's the other catch. Uh, waiting well means obeying God even if you have no idea what he's doing. Remember that obedience thing about loving God and loving others. And waiting doesn't mean we just pray once. Remember that character building thing? We keep doing it. So what's your next step? What do you got to do next? Is it to be still and actually listen? To let God be God. Maybe your next step is to actually be praying and be real with God for the first time in your life about everything that's going on in your life. Remember that nothing you can say or do is going to ever separate God from you. 
He loves you. He already knows what's going on in your heart. He knows what you're thinking. So tell him. Let him help you. We can trust. Maybe your next step is that you just got to trust that God's a good God. That he's someone you can put your faith into. Or maybe your next step is that you need to wait well. Because right now other things are pulling at you to do those things. And you know they're not right. Wait well in obedience to God. Lastly, I'm going to give you this hope and we're going to pray and we're going to sing one song about God being our vision. Those people that I talked about who waited years for God to speak, when God did speak, they got to do some crazy awesome things. Noah got to build an ark that saved his family and all the animals on this earth. Yeah, that was amazing. Abraham got to start an entire nation which God would show everybody else that he exists. Moses got to go and get slavery, people out of slavery in Egypt and bring them to the promised land. Hannah got a child, and that child got to anoint the kings of Israel. And then John the Baptist comes, and he tells us that a Savior is coming, and he's going to save the world. I don't know where you're at with God right now, but when he speaks, watch out, crazy things are going to happen. But until then, may we follow well in God's silence. We're going to sing a song. I'm going to pray. Hey, Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Uh, thank you that even if we screw it up, you still love us. <laughs> thank you that um, we can tell you how honestly frustrated we are when we are. But more importantly, thank you, God, that you still move when you're silent. God, I don't know. Uh, what's going on in the hearts of these kids in this room. But I pray that you just whisper that you are there and that you love them. And even if you're not speaking about a certain topic, that they would trust that you are a good God who gives good gifts to his kids. And right now, God, we would just let it all go to you. We would surrender it to you, God, because whose hands would it be better in? And thank you that when you do speak, God, crazy awesome things happen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.